Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. As we come together, we can remember those, our loved ones who have went on, Lord God, and, and their spirit is dwelling with us. We thank you for the great memories that we have embraced. We're going to recognize some of them. We're going to call some out by name. But even in this moment of silence, Lord God, just, just trusting you as we go forth in this service, in this candlelight service, we thank you for all things. Because we do all things well. It is in your precious name we pray. If y'all just agree, can we say amen together? Amen. 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 Yes. So again, I'm Walter uh, Randall. Uh, I'm here at the Michelle Foundation. I've, I've been here for the last four years, but my role has changed. And I'm just excited to be a facilitator in this service. Uh, I never did this before, uh, but I have facilitated many types of services. So I don't see this one being no different to, uh, just to be in position to be used. And thank you guys for allowing me uh, to be the facilitator today. But I'm going to bring up Nathan at this time. He's going to give us a great welcome. So let us welcome Nathan as he give us a welcome. You know, I, I love that. Um, is that. Move the mic over, I'm told. He says he needs me in center stage. There we go. Never, never been one to. Am I? Am I? There we go. <laughs> um, you know, in all in all seriousness, though, I love that we can gather together and we can be laughing and jovial at a time of, of great remembrance. And and it um. You know, I, I know that that we have all you know, lost uh, friends, loved ones, family members, and and I know that we have some parents in here. Um, husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends of, of people who are no longer here. And, you know, I think about that. Um, you know, many of you know the, the person who had my job before me. You know, I think of him who is no longer here. And it, that really resonates with me. It makes me want to do more of my job. You know, and that's just here where I work. You know, the, my, my loved ones, my friends, um, who are no longer with us too. And I, I'm glad that we can come together and laugh about that and share about that and remember those times. Because, you know, I know that, that for me, you know, there were 2,308 people who died of an overdose last year. And those are the ones we know of, you know. We, that's, not, that's not the ones that, that died of other causes but were also addiction-related. So we're looking at more. That's a 41% increase over the year before. And we're looking at over 2,500 for this year, and it's not even done yet. So this is a serious thing right now. What's that? No, I'm hearing noises over here. Um, you know, 93,000 uh, over the course of the entire, from the, from the whole country, which is a 30% increase from the year before. And those are staggering numbers, right? Those are staggering, awful, horrible numbers. And I think about those numbers and I think, man, I'm so grateful that we have places like this place right here 
You know, I talk about the McShin Foundation, but we have other community organizations here in Richmond and in Virginia. But, you know, I'm a McShin guy through and through. I came through a McShin jail program. I came through the McShin housing and I work for McShin as an outreach director here. I've got the logo tattooed to my arm. You know, I love this place. And I think, you know, what those numbers could have been if we didn't have places like this that stayed open whilst the CSBs had to close their doors, while the drug treatment centers weren't able to accommodate people because of COVID, and while the jails and the prisons, and I love y'all, but while the jails and the prisons were releasing people early without proper places to go and plans and home plans and jobs and families and support networks, we were the support network. The McShin Foundation, other organizations like us, all of us right here, we were that support. So welcome, everybody. There's something I wanted to share with you. You know, I'm not a big, giant prayer guy, but there's a prayer that I do every single day, and I think it's really appropriate right now. And I think... Many of you, if you do a 12-step program, will know this is the 11th step prayer in AA. And it's very, and if you're Catholic, you'll know it as the prayer of St. Francis, you know, or the peace prayer. And if you know it, say it with me. I'm going to say it in the we form. You know, Lord, make us instruments of thy peace. And where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sorrow, joy. O Divine Master, grant that may we seek not so much to be consoled as to be consoling, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to be loving. For it is giving, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born again to life everlasting. Amen. Thank you and welcome to you all. Um, I will turn this over now to Monique, who's going to come up and share a beautiful poem and some musings on that. Thank you all for being here. Hey, you guys. I'm Monique. Um, this was a surprise, but I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Um, the poem I chose is called The Guest House by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So I chose this because if you are one of us, you know that feelings are a lot. Getting them back is a lot. Um, and we have to know that we have to feel and acknowledge all of these feelings. Um, but Rumi gives us a gentle reminder that all of these feelings are just guests in our home, in our minds, um, in our lives. Uh, sometimes it might feel like they're that friend that has been on your couch for entirely too long, um, or maybe you've been that friend. Um, but they try to make rules, but they're not permanent residents in our home. Um, so we can't let those negative feelings engulf us and make us who we are and create all of the decisions for us. Um, and we just have to treat them like they're deep cleaners of our house. I like when he says, he may be clearing you out for some new delight. So whenever you feel really empty from all these negative sorrows, grief, loss, 
Um, just know that it's preparing you for the star guest. Guests like gratitude that you are alive and you're here, you had a second chance um, to give people hope. Um, inspiration, new inspiration to live the life that you've always wanted, um, or maybe inspiration to just find your way in life. Um, and of course, the biggest star guest of them all, hope. Hope that the next person doesn't have to go through what we went through to get to their end point. Um, and hope that people will see that we do recover and that our lives matter as well. So yeah, that's all I have, thanks. Uh, thank you, uh, Monique, for that uh, kind greeting, those words. You know, I, I, I was sitting back and I was getting a little emotional because um, for some reason I, I feel like, you know, uh, God just showed me favor, you know, when we having this kind of like service because uh, um, I feel like I'm not even supposed to be here. You know, uh, like the, my name or you guys should be calling me out. On, on a kind of like service, you know, uh, and no, uh, I, I didn't experience uh, uh, OD, you know, uh, I was one of those guys who, who smoked crack, you know, uh, uh, but um, I remember getting shot, you know, uh, and having a bullet in my skull and being left for dead. You know, here we are, we having kind of like services, other people who, you know, I mean, this disease of addiction that, you know, that we deal with, we we live with, and some of us family members, our children have died over, you know, and here I am. You know, I don't even know why Nathan even asked me to come and facilitate, because Nathan does great in how God used him. We're not talking about religious, we're talking about relationship. You know, so if I use God too many times, it's just because I have a relationship with him, and I'm not talking about religious, I'm just talking about my relationship, you know, but uh, there are some beautiful people out here you know, and and again, if I, if I mess up the pronunciation of your name, just just charge it to my mind, not my heart, because I'm glad you are here. Um, I know you have great words you want to speak, uh, even on behalf of your loved ones or you know whatever you are representing. You know, you are here. You are here, and, and we all deal with different types of bondages and addiction, and you know we still have different challenges. And even during this season, this time. You know, coming up on two years that we're dealing with this pandemic, you know, it's a challenge to most of us, if not all of us, you know, but we are making it through. So at this time, I'm going to bring up some special people uh, that we have who will give some special remark. And Shannon Taylor, Haranko County Commonwealth Attorney, she's going to come up first. And I tell you, we've been waiting to hear from you and for you to speak to the people. And let's hear what God's going to use her to say to the people. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, McShin. It is very, very good to be here in the house with you guys. Um, I do want to give a shout out to John and Carolina. John can't be here tonight. And I also want to thank Nathan for allow allowing me to be here. Um, I'm going to share what I hope is going to be some words of hope about what we're trying to do to make the response to, as Walter said, this disease, to make this response hopefully more successful. And Nathan knows this because I've had lots of conversations with him. Of course, I want to recognize Sheriff Elisa Gregory, who's here, our Henrico Sheriff, because, you know, one of the things that, you know, that both Monique talked about and Nathan talked about is the personal journey. And what we know is that recovery is a very 
individual journey. And what may work for one person may not necessarily work for another person. But what we do know is that whatever that journey is that you're going through, we have to be there for you every step of the way. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about friends and family. I am talking about the people in the recovery community, like Recovery Homes, like McShin, like Journey House, like all the other partners who are involved in the recovery community. And that's why I also want to recognize Delegate Schuyler Van Valkenburg here, because I want to appreciate the work that the legislature has done. That deserves a little, that deserves a hand. Um, about how they have been shaping the, the law, the legal response to how we can do recovery better. And one of the things I want to talk about real quick is the, the importance, not, of just, not just about recovery programs, but the individuals are peer recovery specialists. Right? That's one way of saying it, right, Nathan? Peer recovery specialists. And why I wanted to thank Delegate Van Valkenburg is because we actually changed the law to recognize the utility and the importance of individuals who have been through that journey of recovery. And we are recognizing the importance of how having somebody who has been through that journey be there for people in their most critical time of need. And that's why I love about what Monique said about the house, right? your house and what you have inside of you and what you are willing to do at the time that you're willing to do it and what guests you're going to say they can leave the door and what guests you're going to let back in. And that is why I'm proud that I'm working with uh, some other uh, individuals on a work group and, and McShin's part of this and uh, Sheriff Gregory's part of this about really seeing if we can get these peer recovery specialists in the hospitals, that is my goal, is that we can try to get to a point where we have a positive working relationships with our hospital entities here in the Central Virginia area to allow these critical people in the hospital. When these overdose patients, when you, if you are suffering through an overdose, are coming to the place for that treatment, and that is my uh, dedication to you uh, as the Commonwealth attorney. Um, first of all, I should say, I am not up for election this year, so I don't have to worry about that. But I am 120% committed to the job that every time I come to a McShin event and every time I speak in front of you all about the commitment that I have to make, to make sure that our process can be the best process it can be to ultimately give us the one thing, which is hope. So thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from everyone else here this evening. I look forward to, to the somber aspect of remembering our loved ones, Walter, who we lost, you know, lost to overdose, to lost to the disease. Uh, but I'm just here with you every step of the way, and I'm so proud to be a part of this group. Thank you. Yeah, so before I called up um, uh, Winston Sears, he's... Uh, a candidate for lieutenant governor. I, I want to read this scripture uh, that's in the Bible. It's in Romans 13, and it's chapter, chapter 13, verse 1. This is what I read. 
It said, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. For there is no power but of God. The power that be are ordained by God, right? And the reason I want to read that, right, because as these candidates uh, come up, right, it said, let every soul be subject unto the higher power. The powers of be are ordained by God. It's like God put them in place to represent our voice. If you hear what she just said, she talked about going into the hospital, be peer advocates in the hospital. Now, God has made a way three years ago that peer support special, we are able to connect with our own kind. Now, I am a licensed clinician. I went to school. I got my state board license as a substance abuse counselor. But I'm talking about being a peer advocate. We're talking about you, the ones who have experienced the lifestyle to go back in and teach transgressors God's ways of doing things. What better person can reach a person than the person who know the person? We got those who are high up in authority, right? We can't make it there, right? Because some of our track records, right? But there will be a day that your track record will become your resume. Come on now. Come on now. Your track record. Because that's what happened to me. My track record. All the things that I thought was happening against me was actually happening what? For me. Come on. And we're glad that we have people who are going to be able to speak on our behalf because sometimes they don't want to hear our voice. So let's, let's, let's listen to what Winsome C is going to say. Come on. Let's see what you're going to say about help us. Let's see. Let's see. Come on. Let's hear the voice of God. Come on. Come on. The power of me. Good evening, everybody. My name is Winsome Sears, and I want to tell you that I used to run a homeless shelter for women and children, and I can tell you that I saw some of the things that were happening, and I know that in some of these women's lives, they were struggling, and the only thing they needed, they knew to do was to self-medicate, and unfortunately, they choose the wrong thing. And then I also led a, a men's prison ministry for two years. And for two years, I would bring the message and the message was always of hope. And I wanna tell you that your lives matter. You are never thrown away. Your life always has purpose. You were born with purpose because you were born in the sight of God. And so you always have value, you always have worth and I know that right here in Richmond, just in the past year, the increase in fatalities from this use is 150%. That's shocking. And that can't stand. And we're gonna do something about that. So I'm running for Lieutenant Governor, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here because I care and I want you to know that if God wills that I'm there, you have someone who understands and who cares. And especially because I understand that part of the problem is a stigma. And I know a little bit about that because my daughter, unfortunately, she was bipolar. And so there was a stigma attached to that. And, you know, we had to get her help and we didn't want to talk about it. But now we're talking about it. And that's the thing. We have to talk about these things and talk about these things. We hide this stuff and people die. And it's time for us to stop pointing fingers and to say, if you need help, we're going to get you the help. Because the truth is, we all have something that we're suffering from. We all do, and we all need help. 
And we all need a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. So I thank you for coming and I'm sorry that you're suffering and I hope that in some way I can help, I can be available to you. Thank you. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I lost my second chance and third chance and fourth chance. I just served the God of another chance. How about that? And another chance and another chance. Because I tell you, man, it took a long time for me to stay stop using. I relapsed many times. I collapsed along the way and some more stuff. All right now. But is the candidate for uh, the 66th district, is, is she here today? Oh, she, oh, that, that, come on, Miss uh, uh, Katie uh, Sponsler. Is that, that's how you pronounce it? Yeah, there you go. Come on, let's, let's give her a warm welcome. Come on. Come on, come on. Glad you are here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hi, my name is Katie Sponsler, and I am the candidate for the 66th District. Um, but I'm here tonight because um, I run into a whole bunch of uh, what we like to call in the disability community uh, comorbidities. Uh, I come from a long line of folks with alcoholism and drug abuse and other addiction issues. I also come from a long line of folks who have suffered with mental illness. I am a veteran, and I'm a sexual assault survivor. Both of those things have a tendency to lead to self-medication and pain management through illegal and illicit drug use. I know what recovery looks like because I've held a number of friends' hands through it. I am lucky enough that there by the grace of God go I. I have not. But I also know what it looks like to be handed opioids as pain management for chronic pain through the VA. And I know why so many of my friends that I served with now in the last 10 years are suffering through addiction or have already fatally overdosed. So my plan or what I wanna to bring to you and what I wanna promise you is not so much a response as a preemptive strike. Making sure that we have mental health care. Making sure that trauma informed care is available at the hospital for us. That when we go through something that is likely to create a risk factor for addictive behaviors, that we are met with compassion and care from somebody who understands, that when we suffer through gun violence or poverty, that we are met by someone who can help through those steps so that we don't self-medicate, make sure we get the mental health that we need. I'm going to make sure that we have those services the ones that prevent the need for recovery and response. And we will continue to fund, of course, all our recovery and response. But the most important thing to me is creating the conditions where addiction doesn't thrive, but people do. So that we can get through what has become an epidemic in this country because we have other epidemics. We have epidemics of poverty. We have epidemics of violence. We have epidemics of mental, health, mental illness without care available. I know too many young men and women who have gone to hospitals to find out there aren't beds available. Without that mental health care, they frequently turn to the self-medication. I am here to mourn with you, but also to celebrate 
because as much as the loved ones we've lost along the way are missed, they are missed because they loved, lived amazing lives. Because there were moments that their smile kept us living. There were moments that their hugs are the reason we didn't turn to drugs. And for those of us that are suffering with addiction now, I just want to remind you that you're that to somebody. So please keep holding on and my business cards will be available so that you can call that number if you just need somebody to talk to. Because I've done it a thousand times and I'll do it a thousand more. I'm glad I met you. I mean, I, I, I didn't know who she was, but uh, and just listening to you, you know, uh, and some of us are diagnosed uh, mental. We call it dual diagnosed, the mental and the substance use, and and to know the work that you are doing to help to be that voice for us. You know, uh, I too, I, I got put out the military. I, I couldn't stop smoking crack, so they they put me out the military. You know, but I was able to go back in and get an honorable discharge. You know, uh, so I'm grateful to be able to have served my country as well. Yes. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so listen, you guys, this, this next voice um, that we're going to hear, uh, a candidate for the 7th, 4th District, I mean, this guy, I, I, I personally know this guy, and I love him. You know, he is something else, and he, he do have a heart. He have, do have a heart for his people, his kind, and I'm going to let him come up here and introduce and, and speak on our behalf, because I believe in him. And not only do I believe in him, he was one of those guys who believed in me when I couldn't believe in myself. And on this September 2nd, I have 26 years clean from drugs and alcohol. Come on, Jimmy. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's my man right there. Come on. <laughs> this is love, man. This is love. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Uh, how many veterans we have out there? Welcome home. The war is over. That's something that we didn't get when I came home. My name is Jimmy Brooks. Up until about three months ago, everybody knew me as Jimmy B. Uh, I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm a recovering addict. My wife asked me, why are you running for this position? I'm going to send you to a psychiatrist. I said, I'm running because I care. I grew up in a neighborhood off of Jeff Davis. Uh, I've worked all my life. I'm a person return. I, I used to be the chairman of the board for McShin. You know, I've been involved. I've been involved in recovery for uh, about 35 years. That's how much clean time I have. I, um, I remember when I first got out of treatment, one of the guys I worked with at a, a Philip Morris hung himself. He had just got out of treatment and we all know what it's like when we have to give up our drugs. We're miserable. Without a recovery program, we're gonna end up suicide or going back out. So I know firsthand what it's like to lose somebody. I lived with somebody for years and had some clean time, went back out. They buried her, well they had a, they buried her back at uh, May the 30th. She couldn't stop using. 
She would call me up when she got out of a treatment center. You think you can get me into a recovery house? I, I, I'd take her by there. The disease had her so strongly that she died, like I say, May the 30th. Um, I know firsthand what it's like to lose somebody. I know what it's like mental health. My daughter has mental problems, um, she, learning disability. She went through McShin several years ago. So I know, I know firsthand what it's like. My position, when I, when I get elected to the House of Delegates, I want to grease those hinges. When that addict comes up and makes a phone call and wants to get some help, I don't want to see have to wait a couple weeks because of the waiting list. I was asked somebody in an organization, what can I do when I get elected to help you? She said, send us the funds so we can open up more houses. We need places for these addicts. We need places for these vets when they come out and they have a habit. God knows it's so many of us. You know, we need to give them the help they need today. Not two weeks from now, not a week from now, but open these doors up today. And that's what my goals are, to help these vets. Get these vets out of the tents living in the woods. We're not in there anymore. Bring them home. Give them a place to stay. And that's what I'm going to work for. Work for the vets. Work for the recovery. I know what it's like. I'm a recovering addict. I know what it's like to get out there and work every day and watch our tax dollars get blowed away. And we want to stop this. And that's what I'm working for. And I appreciate every one of you here. I know your pain, but together we'll get through this pain. Thank you. Yeah, uh, so uh, again, here at the Machine, we want to uh, thank you guys uh, for coming out. Uh, we're halfway through uh, what we're going to do. We just, again, just want to thank you guys. Really want to recognize the Machine Foundation, uh, who does so much great work in our community. If I'm not mistaken, John, uh, Honesty, Jesse, they're in tune now. Uh, they're looking down on us now. Not that they are, are gone. They are, make sure I say that. <laughs> You know, uh, but yeah, they're in, in tune with us as we go forth this service. Been here at Michigan for about four years, and I, I watched this young lady just in this year. I think she came up here one day, I'm, and I hope I don't tell too much of her story, that when I met her, and everybody had their own way of introducing people, uh, but at that moment, I, I think she was excited. She was come up here just to volunteer and just to help out. And I asked her, I said, how do you get here? And she said, I drove up here. I said, do you have a driving license? <laughs> and I tell you, uh, that's my first real encounter with her. Uh, but since then, she's been here. Uh, she has moved to different positions while being here. Uh, now, I think she's uh, the woman, uh, she's over the women program here, uh, being uh, uh, an alumni here. So much that we could say, uh, I could say about her in the little time I have gotten to know her. But what I want her to do is come up here and share her story, um, how this overdose affected her, her family, uh, so much, you know. But I'm going to sit over here, and I'm going to bring up Dixie, and she's going to give us Dixie.
little shorter than everybody else. Hi, guys. So my name is Dixie. I'm a person in recovery, and what that means to me is I haven't found it necessary to use in a little over two and a half years now. Um, so personally, I came through McShin two and a half years ago. Um, when I came in, I was pretty desperate. Um, overdose Awareness Day. Um, well, I, I know a lot about that. Um, I'm a person, when I came in, I had overdosed countless times. Um, just the week before I came in, it was three times that in five days, the week before I came to McShin. Luckily, they were like, hey, just bring her in. We'll put her on her couch if we need to. She needs to come in. Um, I didn't have to go on a couch, by the way. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of experience um, with overdose in my story. It's something that happened to me way more times than I would like to count. Um, it's not, it wasn't abnormal for me to wake up in a hospital or an ambulance or with my family surrounding me with Narcan. Um, it got so bad at one point that my mom went to a pharmacy my mom knew nothing about like Narcan and stuff, but she talked to people and went to a pharmacy and got prescriptions of Narcan and would lay them on my dresser. And when she did that, the next day it actually got used on me. Um, and because of my overdoses, you know, um, I have a criminal history because of them. Like Walter says, we all have a past, but we apply it. Um, and it's all due to my overdosing. Um, over a period of many, many, many years. Um, that, that's, that's my story. I would, I, would go, I would use, I would overdose, and then I would end up going to jail, and then I would come home and um, be able to manage for a little bit, and then the, just, the cycle just kept repeating itself. Um, where I'm from, it's like this tiny, tiny little town, and um, they don't know what recovery like I'm gonna knock this thing over I apologize uh, they don't know where recovery is so there was no meetings there was no introduction to recovery if you overdosed and got hospitalized nobody gave you resources it was just that you overdosed and then if you didn't go to jail they would just release you and um so it wasn't until I came back to Chesterfield County actually and um that's when I got introduced to recovery here at the McShin Foundation. I just remember when I first came, came in, they kept talking about like NA meetings or A meetings or whatever our pathway was. And I was like, what is that? I just see that in movies. Um, I was completely clueless that I had been using for nine years. Um, with that being said, um, I should have wore waterproof mascara, y'all. Anything about that. Um, with that being said, you know, I got clean. My clean date's February 1st, 2019. Um, so, so, um, during my use over all those years, I never had an encounter in overdose really, to anybody that I was close to or really had much encounter with. It was just something I would see on Facebook. Um, and then once I got clean, somebody very close to me ended up passing away from an overdose when I had about four months clean. 
that was that that was um an ex that was that was real eye opening for me. Like I said, I was always the one overdosing. I was the always the one that people had to use Narcan on. I never, I've never had to administer Narcan on anybody but one but one time. Um, it was always me. So it was very difficult for me, you know. After like, I came into recovery, having somebody close to me pass away. Um, but thank God that I had a network and I worked a program and I didn't find it necessary to use behind it. Fast forward a little bit longer, um, when I had a little over a year clean, um, my sister, we were 15 months apart. She passed away from an overdose. Um, <laughs> so, um, that's, that was like a, a whole different ball game. You know, me and my sister, we used together for nine years. Well, eight years at that point. Um, and I was always the one that overdosed. I always thought it would be me, not her, you know, um, and it was the complete opposite, but I was in a position before she passed away where I was, I was in a position where I was able to try to get her help and do the best I could. Um, y'all, And I was also in a position to be there for my family. And I'm grateful for that. And so as bad as I did not want to do this today. <laughs> yeah, as bad as I didn't want to do this today, like I'm grateful because I have to be the voice for my sister and people that have passed away due to the disease of addiction. Stand up for a minute. Can we just relax and stand? Just and let's just thank God from using her one more time. One more hand clap. Come on. 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 Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so right here, this we're gonna do, you guys. We're gonna uh, we're gonna light our candles, right? We're gonna we're gonna light our candles, and um, we're gonna take a moment of silence. You know, that's that was that was real great. And I want to read this uh, passage right quick during this moment of silence. Um, this is from uh, this is from the White House, uh, the Presidential Act, Overdose Awareness Week. 2021. The overdose epidemic has given a toll 
on far too many Americans and their loved ones. Addiction is a disease that touches family in every community, including our very own community. This epidemic is national, but the impact is personal. It is, a, it is personal to the millions who confront substance use disorder every day and to the families who have lost loved ones to an overdose. Let's take a moment, silence, please. I ask you to call out the name of a loved one if you choose to. Michael Smith. God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the many names that was cast out in the air. But most important, God, we thank you for those memory moments that you allowed them to have been left with us. We thank you for the season that we spent with our people, our loved one, that we encounter, we embrace. And Lord God, as we continue on our journey, Lord God, let us be in remembering of those who are yet to come, Lord God. Let us be in remembering, Lord God, that this is a disease that we have to face. We take many of our families members through this, Lord God, through this journey. But we know with you that we are able, that we are able to make it just for today. Amen. Amen. Turn the lights on, please. Um, you can keep your candles lit. Um, and so what we want to do at this time, you know, uh, for whoever choose to, if you want to come up to the mic and you want to share whatever you want to, we want to ask you to keep it within two to three minutes. If you want to tell a memorable story of your loved one or how you was able to overcome, because one thing I do know is in the Bible, and I love reading the Bible, it says that we overcome by the words of our mouth, and that's our testimony. And then Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, most of us, we say we share our experience, our strength, and our hope. So if you have experienced the loss of a loved one or something you want to share to encourage someone else, 
At this time, the floor is open for you, for you, and for you. My name is Courtney. Um, I'm a person in long-term recovery. Um, so today, kind of like what Walt said, today's like really bittersweet because um, not only am I honoring people that I've lost, but like it could have been me and my loved ones could have been honoring me today. Um, I do want to share like a little story about Dixie. So the whole reason why I came to Mixion was because one of the people that I'm honoring today and that I wear purple for is her sister. And um, when her sister passed away, um, that was really hard on me. And so um, I overdosed like twice in one week. And like, I, I truly believe that if I didn't come to Mixion, like I would not be here today. Also, Narcan is another reason why I'm here today. And I think Narcan is something that um, people should carry. And I know one way that you can get Narcan if you go to mentalhealth.va.org, get all the free Narcan you can. <laughs> um, but so um, when her sister passed away, like I said, I was not, I didn't take that very well. And um, her family actually went all the way to the North Carolina, Virginia line to pick me up um, and bring me here and take me to McShin and paid for me to come to McShin. And um, I truly, truly believe it. if it wasn't for Dixie and her family, I would not be here today. So thank you. And I love you guys so much. But um, I just wanna say that I wear purple today for Savannah Sprecher and my mother, Lisa Harris, who I, um, that who I honor today. So thank you. Thank you all for this vigil. Um, I'm going to be brief. Um, I lost someone. Uh, 20 days after 9-11 to an overdose and a loved one. And then about seven years ago, this would, this May coming up will be seven years, but the last one was the most impactful. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone in authority who has showed up tonight because I'm most impressed with the gentleman. I love you all. I love everything you said, but the last gentleman uh, overdosed after he went to a treatment center and was turned away. He knew he was gonna die. He knew that there was nothing else for him to do. He knew that there was nowhere else to turn, that he had reached the bottom. And um, without, no matter how many people loved him unconditionally, and that was my assignment to love him no matter what happened in his life. And we all know how at the end of the road, it gets very dirty and ugly. And a lot of times people would toss him to the side. So that was my assignment. It wasn't what a lot of people thought it was. It was a gift from the most high. In order that I stand here today to tell you, this is a most important 
entity of this process when someone comes to the door, when they can make it to the door for help, that we not turn them away. I don't know why the person at the recovery place, I won't name it, didn't call 911, didn't call anyone to make a wellness check and DTO them or anything else. I am a peer recovery specialist and a CPS R-A as well. I live this lifestyle. I'm an addict who recovers over 20 some odd years. I only have three clean because the sometimes we just go back. It's a disease. I didn't even have a choice. I did, everything was going well, but I too could be dead. I didn't have to do opiates to die. We die a spiritual death. We're dead walking sometime. We don't even know how to ask for help. It's gone past the place where we even recognize that we need help. I tell myself I'm okay. He told himself he was okay until he couldn't tell himself anymore. And he was turned away at the door. So I'm going to get down and let somebody else. But that is most important, and I'm glad you mentioned it. And I would like for all, all of you all to take that stand that no addict who comes to the door is Um, hello, my name is Liliana Reagan. I'm here for my sister, Sarah Sapanera. Um, I lost Sarah February 17th of this year. Um, I was 13 when she died. I am 14 now. In a week now, I start, I start school, uh, my first year of high school. And I'm up here because I wanna share my sister, my sister's story. Um, she struggled with opioids for I don't know how many years. Um, and she overdosed, I think, three or four times before she died. Um, three days before she died was Valentine's Day, and she also overdosed that day. Um, she came back to her house. She was 20. She came back to our house on Valentine's Day and my mom asked her to go to rehab and what she told her was, no, I'm fine, I'll be fine. Um, and then she died three days later. Um, and I just wanted to say and share that it's okay to get help and that I'm proud of everybody here that did get help because I wish Sarah had. I wish that she had figured it out 
because I miss her a lot every day. And in 27 days, it's her birthday, um, which last year she celebrated shortly after the loss of her girlfriend and her roommate, Brian, her Natalie and Brian. She struggled, she overdosed on Christmas, and then she overdosed again, and I don't remember the date, and then she overdosed on Valentine's Day. And I want, I, I was thinking yesterday of how much, of how that I don't have to buy her a birthday present this year. Um, of how much I didn't have to spend with her. And I just want you guys to remember that it it's okay to accept help. That's, I guess, all I wanted to say. Um, it's all right to not be okay because I'm glad that you're here now and I'm, I'm glad that you're able to be here. It is a disease and I'm glad people are saying that because it's, it is, she struggled for so long. So thank you. All right, is there, is there anyone, are you, are you coming this direction? You're welcome, you, okay. Is there anyone else? We, we don't wanna leave anyone out. All right, so uh, if there is no one else, I, I wanna thank Nathan um, and the Machine Foundation. Can we thank Nathan from? Okay, was that light coming on up? So we are gonna thank Nathan in a minute. So Nathan, we'll come back and thank you again. Come, come, please, please, any voice, any voice, we will make room for you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Darcy. Um, I lost my daughter, Jessie Tregalis, um, to um, an overdose. Um, it was four years ago, August 20th. Um, she had struggled for many years. Um, she had been to many rehabs. Um, she was a survivor of sexual assault and she had been doing fairly well and not using and then the last of her rapists got out of prison and she knew he was getting out of prison and she went and used and the heroin had fentanyl in it and so she died so i miss her um more than words could say i struggle every day to be without her um i was a single parent she was my oldest daughter and just the pain that i have is indescribable but i try to think about um her and her light and her happiness 
And I try to remember that because she was an amazing person. And I love her so much. She is missed by her sisters as well and her other family members. But I just wanted to get up and, and honor her today. So thank you. Man, it, it takes a lot. Thank, thank you for that. And, and we will have waited for you. Nathan going nowhere. So we will. That, that is that is fine. You know, uh, again, Nathan, thank you for asking me to facilitate facilitate. You know, I was thinking about a story back in January when I, uh, I came in contact with the coronavirus. And, uh, and her name was Cassie, who was doing a memorial for Cassie um, here. That, that's her mom right there. But come on up here and give me a hug. Just come give me a hug. If you, hey, let's, let's put our mask on first. Come on. We both had these on. Come on. Get on up here and give me a hug. Come on. Come on. Give me a hug. Yeah. Yes, I did. I had COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and what happened, right? Um, I had COVID and John, and, and she just believed in me, right? And John, he just loves me. And Michelle bringing me in to do the work that I do here. So I had COVID and uh, the podcast, they was able, I was home on my couch. And some way they was able to bring me in from being home on my couch to have me right here on a big monitor to help memorialize her daughter who dealt with the disease. And one thing that she has said about her daughter, and I still remember it today, and what she said is broken crayons still colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say something. Say something. I almost got up because um, I am, I cope by means of um, talking about it, telling people um, about my her story, our story. Um, I do believe this is a 911 call. You do not give people names and numbers of who to call to go get help. That's no, you take it from them. You help them. You do it for them. You do not to let them walk out the door. Um, it's kind of funny. I, I think if you, anyone at home that has not been involved in this and you find out your child has an issue, who do you call? You call mental health? I did that. They can't tell you where to go. They can't come and take her to Tucker's or psychiatric, can't put her on a hold. Can't do that. Police, nope. Can't, you know, you're not, well, not all the times being a criminal, being a drug addict. There was just, I've been to the hospital. Um, it's real special to watch your daughter get treated like dirt. Um, but the physician, all but two nurses that day, because uh, there's a little game you have to play to get into Tucker's if they're real busy. You know, you have to pretend, you know, hey, I'm going to hurt myself. And yeah, then they strip her and throw her in a padded room and yeah, it's a, it's, just, it's a blast to, thank goodness my mother-in-law was there. Anyway, um, I advocate for her, I'm her voice. Um, I, I believe in the peer recovery so much. I wish you could be my call. I need 
you guys to go to my house or to other people's houses and help that parent and to help that child. It's a mental health person necessarily can't do it. It's you guys that can do it. Um, even when I, in my job, I don't know if she told you the story where I go to people's houses. I won't tell you what I do, but I'm sure spouses. Anyway, I'll share my daughter's story and you never know who you're going to find out, you know, who, what story they have. And, um, I'm hoping she becomes a peer recovery person. Um, it's just the part of sharing and not hiding it. I have nothing to hide. Cassie had nothing to hide. She was, a, she was about it. Um, in fact, Dixie, I asked her when she sat back down, I was like, you were in here in February. I said, how long were you here? She said, 11 months. I was like, that's when my daughter was here and she knew Cassie. Um, you know, I don't know the magical thing. I think God keeps on bringing me back here though. Um, and keeps me fighting, um, makes me want to go on another day. Um, Cause things have got to change. We've got to start talking about it and doing something. It's like, where are our churches? Jesus went to the people, right? Yeah. Where's our churches? Uh, so I got a lot of issues with people, but anyway. Um, None of them, in fact, are with you. You are my answer. You are the answer. Um, only you can connect. I could, well, I'd love to have any one of you come to my house because there was times I just, I, there was no one out you can call. Um, anyway, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. So, 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 so real quick, real quick, right? So, so she said, Jesus said, uh, where are my churches, right? So check this out, right? In John 10, this is what it says, right? It said, uh, my sheep, they know my voice and a stranger would not follow, but it also so I have sheep from another foe and they too. So all the peer support specialists, all the peer advocates, can y'all stand? If you up here, can you stand? There you go. There you go. Come on, if you're a CPR, can you stand? There you go. There you go. Come on. Come on. Come on. You are the church of the day, all right? Because we're not talking about a building. We're talking about the work that you guys are doing to rebuild our people. You are the church of today. Of today. You are that church. But I want to send this last challenge out uh, because you have heard the voice of God's people. So I want to send this last challenge out to, uh, and as, when I call, can you please stand? Uh, Lieutenant Governor, the one that's running, can you please stand? I want to send this challenge out to our Commonwealth of Attorneys, Ms. Taylor, can you please stand? Uh, to our 66th District candidate, can you please stand? And to our 74th District, can you please stand? I want to send this challenge out to you four. And the Sheriff, can you please stand? Please, please, Nate told me to make sure, but I want to send this challenge out because you heard the voice of our people. God had put you in a position. He said, those who are ordained are a higher power, right? You are in a position to make a difference in our community and our world with the light that we live. And these are the people that you could use. You are making a difference. So we're going to challenge you guys, right? As we vote and agree with God that you're going to be in place, that you will make that difference.
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, Nate, the service back in your hand. Nate will give us our closing remark, our benediction, all that great stuff. Thanks for letting me beat this on, man. Thank you for doing it. Woo. I got to put the microphone down lower. There we go. Um, wow. Um, I always get up here and I always have something to say. You know, anybody who knows me knows that I am not usually without words. And I find myself without words right now. Um, but filled. Um, I'm really grateful. I'd like to say thank you, uh, of course, to Sheriff Gregory and to Delegate uh, Schuyler Van Valkenburg, who had to leave early, but he did stop by. He represents the district we're in right now. Um, thank you for coming by. And I, welcome to come up and speak if you want or just come back. But I'll tell you, one of the things, uh, Sheriff Greg, I put you on the spot a little bit, but one of the things I'm always going to remember about you is about a year ago when we talked right at the beginning of the pandemic and you were making masks with your mother. And I thought that was the coolest darn thing. And you were asking me, I don't know if it was the same time, but you hit me up another time because you were looking to help somebody out in the community get into housing. And I, 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 I so I know where your heart is and I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank Attorney General, I'm sorry, Commonwealth's Attorney Shannon Taylor, <laughs> that was a joke, uh, Shannon Taylor for, for stopping by as well. You know, we, we get to have an opportunity to talk a lot um, in different forums, and I know that you're here and you support us, and I love what you were saying about getting the peers into the, into the emergency departments, because we need more of that, you know? Um, Lieutenant Governor, uh, well, candidate Lieutenant Governor over here, I've not met you yet, but I really appreciate you coming here and speaking with us today and sharing with us. It was beautifully said, and I, I hope that we get to work with you more in the future, you know, going forward. Um, I, I love it when we get to meet new people and, and, and hear new ideas, but also bring people into something that is clearly working. Right here, Jimmy. Jimmy. I love you, man. You're going to be on the, the Get in the Herd podcast with me on Thursday. So if you want to hear a good time, 2 o'clock Thursday on, on Get in the Herd, we're going to have Jimmy Brooks. But uh, you can always listen, you know, after the fact. This wasn't a plug for Get in the Herd, was it, though? But thank you for coming, Jimmy. Um, you know, you all are amazing, and I appreciate you being here. Uh, but I really, oh, and sorry, candidate sp uh, sponsor over there. I, you know what? I tell you, last week when I had to call you and say, please don't come down because we weren't sure what was going on. I had a minute where I got to really see or hear who you are as a person, because I was at that moment going through a little bit in my head. You probably heard that in my voice, you know, sharing a little bit of my own fears because of, you know, what was going on. And so I appreciate you taking that time to talk to me and, and to, to be a human with me, not just a candidate. So thank you for that. Um, but I'll tell you what's really the most amazing thing is like all of us here together. You know, everybody you shared, Monique, you were absolutely beautiful. Thank you for coming up and doing that. Appreciate you so much. That was a great poem, by the way. I put Monique on the spot this morning, and I said, hey, pick a poem and share with us. <laughs> she did. Dixie, you know I love you. And I'm going to miss you being on the third floor, but I'm really grateful you're on the second floor now as the Women's Program Director. So thank you so much for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us today. You are amazing. Jordan, where are you, buddy? Jordan, you were amazing. Thank you for sharing that song, that music with us. I guess he probably already took off already, but thank you for that, man. You were, you were awesome. Appreciate you with that. Um, you know, we remember the names that were said, and we remember the names that were not said. And we honor those memories ultimately by cultivating and taking care of our own recoveries and supporting our loved ones who are currently in recovery.
And so, you know, our challenge, and I, I think Walter said it beautifully, our challenge here is to go forth and share a message of hope and to share a message of recovery and to share that it is possible and we are doing it right here. You are all making it possible tonight. Um, so thank you. Thank you all for being here. Man, I, I love seeing this group of people. This is my favorite place in the world to be. Um, as, we, as we exit today, I invite you to do one of a few things. Downstairs in the boardroom, we have some uh, rocks set up and some acrylic paint. If you want to paint a rock or if you want to um, add a name to the cross to the white marker project, some of you might have seen that when you came in today. Um, we can put a name. They're downstairs. There's blank ones and markers and, and, and paint down there. If you want to paint a stone, it'll go in the memorial garden there. More information about the White Marker Project is listed on the, on, the, on the program here. And if you turn to the back, there's more information about the Memorial Garden. And if you're interested, information about how you can add a brick to that. Um, you know, I personally, I added a brick that says anonymous on there because I have family and friends who don't want to put their loved one's name out there and don't want to say uh, and be part of that problem, you know, be part of the solution. Um, so I put an anonymous one out there so I can remember some friends. Um, as you leave, the candle that you have, I invite you to take that and place that in front of one of the crosses that are outside um, in front of Hatcher right now, and just leave it lit right there. I think that'll look beautiful tonight as we go about our day. Um, I love y'all. Thank you all so much for being here tonight, and we will see you soon. Thank you. And man, how can I forget to, oh, I forgot to thank Walter. Hi everyone, I'm Honesty Liller. I am the CEO of the McShen Foundation and a woman in long-term recovery. Since May 27, 2007, I have not used drugs or alcohol. Woo -woo. Thank you so, so much to the Richmond Times Dispatch and all of our voters for getting the Herd podcast. Those podcasts are amazing. Not only has it helped thousands upon thousands of people in their recovery, as well as family members, but it has helped me in my personal recovery. I get to listen to them now in my car through Spotify and iHeartRadio. And it's just really, really important for us to be innovative in the addiction field and the recovery community. So when COVID hit, we had to be innovative. You know, we really had to think of like, what can we do to reach people that cannot go to 12-step meetings? smart recovery, faith-based, whatever, um, that we're shutting down constantly. So we were innovative here at McShin. Let's start podcast. So with Todd, John, Alex, um, and some other staff, you know, we all just kind of jumped in who can do what. And um, with Todd's lead and John's lead, the podcasts have been amazing and we're still doing them today. So I want to thank you for all of your votes and all of your energy and all of your support of our mission of healing families and saving lives. Thanks.